From Accelerate, this is Restore Your Power to Succeed, a podcast to help restoration professionals succeed both personally and in business. I'm Rachel Stewart. I spent 12 years in the industry growing a restoration company from $1.5 million to over $20 million in annual revenue before founding Accelerate, an industry job management system to help contractors be successful by addressing the technology gaps that I faced every day. This podcast is dedicated to teaching everything I and other top performers in the industry have learned. From leadership and personal growth to industry-specific pain points, this podcast is for everyone. So let's get started as we restore your power to succeed. Welcome to Restore Your Power to Succeed. I really hope that you are gaining value from these episodes as you are growing your business. Our last three episodes have focused around finding talent and improving your interviewing process. And at the same time, it gave some insight to any of the companies out there that may be in acquisition mode. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to them because you'll get some great takeaways. So last week, many of you may have submitted your brackets for March Madness. As for me on Thursday night, late sometime, I finally got around to filling out my bracket for our family tournament. And just to give you some background, I come from a big family. There are nine of us siblings. So I have six brothers and two sisters. And yes, you are that right, six brothers. (laughs) And I was like right smack in the middle of all these boys. And I had to develop some thick skin over the years. And so it's probably no wonder that I'm in a male-dominated industry. That's where I feel pretty comfortable. So our brackets include like my siblings and spouses and their kids. And we submitted our brackets. And there are two categories of awards. There's just the awards for winning and picking great teams. And then there are the awards for trash talking. And maybe more coveted than winning just the regular March Madness Awards is winning the Trash Talk Award. We have an award for who hands out the most clever and deep cutting, but also good-natured jabs. Just to give you an example of what this looks like on our group chat, my nephew, who is away at college, got some bracket advice from his roommate. And he had some really hard losses on Friday afternoon. And so as a result, my mom, which is his nana, posted a text to the group chat that said, Caleb, apparently your roommate just thinks he knows about basketball. Is he the one giving you dating advice as well? (laughs) Uh, Okay, so brutal, right? And I apologize to the sweet girls he has dated. His Nana's not taking a stab at you, I promise. (laughs) So that is what our March Madness tournament looks like. And if you're wondering how I'm doing, uh, my bracket is a complete bust. It's looking pretty dismal from where I sit right now. Um, I think I'll be shocked if I end up with any team in the final four, maybe even the final eight. Maybe some of you can feel my pain. (laughs) There have been a lot of upsets this year. So I don't want to spend all of our time talking about March Madness, but I do want to talk about developing a thick skin. I want to talk about something called emotional resiliency. 
How do you go through some of the really tough things in your business and tough circumstances and come out on the other side with some humor and also with a thick skin? How do you come back from upset and setbacks and tough circumstances? How do you ride the wave of life and business? And I think this is becoming more and more of a lost character trait, which also means it's extremely valuable. The more emotional resiliency we can build within ourselves, the more capable we are and the more successful we're going to be. There's a lot in our industry that can tear us down. There are difficult customers. There are long week after week of cat events. There are really challenging cash flow issues. There are employees that don't behave or perform the way that we wish they would. There are negotiations to settle a claim. There's a really tough labor market. In my area, construction is crazy. Every price is skyrocketing. This means that things are tough. And if we aren't careful, we can become really jaded and we can have a hard time bouncing back from these challenges. I think what's really important to remember right now is that this is not about being becoming calloused and unkind. What it is about is how we deal with the issues and are able to roll with the punches and not become jaded. So I'm going to lay out four tips that I think will be really helpful. Number one, and I have talked about this before, and I will probably talk about it again because I feel so strongly about it, but number one, build relationships. Build relationships with a tribe of people who can offer support and know what you are going through. You aren't on an island, and you don't have to do this alone, and this is not Survivor. There's not one man standing at the end of all of this. So find those who elevate you and build you up. And do the same for them when things are hard. Be transparent with them and honest. And when people are vulnerable enough to do that to you, be supportive. Be a good steward of that vulnerability when it happens. So over the years, I have always had really great relationships and connections in the industry. But as I transitioned into the tech world, this has become challenging. One of the things that has made me so successful in restoration is having a network of people who are solving the same problems as I was and being able to pick their brain or problem solve together or see the things that they've done that have worked really well. And just recently, I realized that I didn't have that same network on the tech side of things. And so last week, I applied to join a group of founders who are encountering or have encountered the same problems I am currently facing. This will be a group that will offer support and accountability. It will be a group I can learn from and network with. So build those relationships. It is so vital. And not only the relationships with your peers, but also with your customers. I can't tell you how much this will grow your business and be something that sustains you when things go wrong. And let me promise you, things will go wrong. You will not always dry out a house perfectly. Your subs will miss appointments. You will make errors in your billing. You won't communicate perfectly. Like I know this, we all, no matter how hard we are striving for excellence, there are going to be some things that go wrong. Having relationships with your customers that run deep give you a reserve to pull from when things happen. So just this last week, we had a meeting with an Accelerate customer Now, I like every interaction and every experience with Accelerate to be amazing. I want them to find so much success using our software that it transforms their business. This is our goal. Like one of our core values is our customer success is our success. So this is our goal. 
Well, this customer signed up and transferred a significant amount of data from another job management system. Like we're talking thousands and thousands of records. We might even be talking about tens of thousands of records. Well, this can be a really complex situation, and sometimes it has consequences that we can't foresee depending upon how clean that data is. Anyway, this is what happened in this case. Lots of data. So when everything transferred over, it was not a perfect experience. But you know what? There is a relationship here. We were able to get with that entire executive team. We were able to identify the issues. And now by the time this podcast is released, I anticipate resolutions for all of it. And this is what relationships do for you. So imagine this as a bank account. And we all start with $0 in the bank account. As you have these relationships, you're putting deposits into that bank account to build the reserves there. And then when a negative experience happens, you have something to pull from, right? It's not going to have the impact that it would if you, without that relationship. I anticipate that this customer will be one of our biggest cheerleaders. They now know that we are 100% available to them as a team. We are 100% committed to their success. We are going to go above and beyond to make sure our technology makes their life better. We are going to listen to them. When they give us development suggestions, we are going to listen to them. We aren't just going to put it in the dusty archive of development suggestions. These are our partners. So build these relationships with your customers. Have them build that so that when things go wrong, that you have some reserves to pull from. And then where you can, build those type of relationships with your vendors. Build those relationships across the board. It will be less impactful. You'll have less turbulence if you can build relationships. We're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, I'm going to share tip number two with you. Hi guys, my name is Nathan Link and I wanna tell you a little bit about my background and why I'm here at Accelerate today. Two years ago, I quit my job. I liked my job. I had fun going to work every day. I worked at a Service Master franchise in Tacoma, Washington, where we did emergency services, water mitt, remediation, contents cleaning, and some biohazard. We were making progress and implementing solutions pretty much every day I was working. It was a ton of fun. And yet I left. I left a prominent position in an established company with great job security to move across the country and join a startup. Why would I do that? I moved my entire family from Washington to Arizona, from the cold, rainy Washington state to the hot, arid Arizona heat. I went from living in a home that I owned to an apartment. The crazy part is it was right after having my first kid. So he's two months old and I'm taking my entire family cross country in a moving truck. Let me tell you, that was not that fun of a drive. So the question is, why did I do it? Because I personally believe in technology and that it can make people's lives better. The restoration industry has been lagging behind all these other industries when it comes to technology, which is why I think there's an opportunity to improve the lives of restores everywhere. I came to Accelerate to bring new and innovative solutions to the restoration industry so that clients can have a better life. I'd love to show you what we've been working on and how your business can be improved by using Accelerate today. Okay, number two, the number two tip in building emotional resilience is stay true to your principles and have integrity. 
For me, this has been a great source of strength and the ability to have emotional resilience. You are not going to be able to make everyone happy. If you are a leader, you will have to make some tough choices and have hard decisions. And if you base your worth or your success on the opinions of others and the way they perceive or feel about you, you will be in for a really rough road. For one, people don't have all of the information that you do. And even if they do, they aren't going to see things or have had the experience that you do. As transparent as you can be, as much as you try to include your team, there will be decisions that ultimately fall on you. And you have to have a set of principles that you operate from. And you have to have the personal integrity to stand behind those decisions. Despite the popularity or the disapproval of how your decisions are viewed, you can feel confident about them when you know that they were made with integrity. And it does take a lot of integrity to make a hard decision and stand behind it. Oh, by the way, this doesn't mean that you don't take in new information when it comes and alter the course when appropriate, but it does mean that you have the integrity to stand behind a decision and not dodge or vacillate based upon others' opinions. And people's opinions can be a very difficult burden to bear sometimes. It's going to take character to bear that weight. And who better to illustrate this type of integrity than Honest Abe? We look back at Abraham Lincoln now as one of the greatest presidents in history. By almost every standard, he is what we want all of our presidents to aspire to. His second inaugural address is personally one of my favorite speeches in all of history. We could do an entire podcast episode about that speech and the lessons we can learn from that. And actually, maybe that's a really good idea. I'll do that. But I'm digressing from the point. Abraham Lincoln is held up to a standard of what president should be. But what we don't often think about is that he was one of the most criticized presidents of all time. As Mark Bowden's article in The Atlantic states, sure, we revere Lincoln today, but in his lifetime, the bile poured on him from every quarter makes today's internet vitriol seem dainty. It was just brutal. And in case you want to make the mistake of believing that this negativity came solely from the Southern states, unfortunately, you would be wrong. No matter what Lincoln did, it was horribly criticized. His moves were either too extreme or weren't aggressive enough. In editorials, speeches, letters, journals, and even cartoons, he was treated horribly. He was called a coward, an idiot, a yahoo, a barbarian, inefficient, and somebody even said he was the original gorilla. And the way that he was depicted in cartoons is just really cruel. You can take the time and look up some of these old depictions of him. The point is, I don't really know how Lincoln felt about these things. I can't imagine it was very fun. But I do know that he had integrity to stay the course. He had the emotional resilience to not succumb to popular opinion. Can you imagine what would have happened if he didn't have that integrity? I try to imagine what that must have been like for him, especially in the really dark days of the Civil War, like when there was so much death and so much bloodshed and there wasn't an end in sight. I can't imagine carrying the weight of all of that on my shoulders. The darkness of those days and how lonely he must have felt is hard to comprehend. He didn't have the luxury of seeing how it would turn out. He didn't get to see the impact that freeing a whole race of people from the evils of slavery and what that impact would have. 
what he got to experience was the heaviness and the blame and the criticism. And I'm sure at times the fear and the doubt, but he had a mission that he felt like was from God. He had principles behind why he was making the decisions he was making. And he had enough focus and fortitude to move forward. Then he had the integrity not to back down when things got tough. Talk about someone that perfectly demonstrates emotional resilience. So that's number two. My third step is to believe in a higher power. So isn't it telling that one of the key points to a 12-step addiction recovery program is acknowledging a higher power? Acknowledging something bigger than ourselves gives us strength. It gives us a deeper sense of purpose, but it also gives us a source outside ourselves to turn to when things get hard. This provides a deep well of emotional resilience and puts many things into perspective. I'm not saying that you have to believe the way that I do. There are a lot of atheists that still go through 12 steps and they believe in something bigger than themselves. I personally believe in a God that is involved in our lives. I believe that he offers guidance and direction when we ask for it and when we invite him into our lives. I believe that he is in charge. And because I believe that there is someone higher that I'm answering to, it makes me less concerned with what people think about me and more concerned with how God views me and what he wants me to do with my life. But let's say you don't believe in God. What is the higher power that you are answering to? It has to be something more than your selfish interest. It has to be something that's for the bigger whole and the greater good. Growing up, my mom used to say something that has always stuck with me, and probably because she said it over and over and over. But she said, you can do anything if you know that the course you are pursuing is pleasing to God. And in my life, I have found that to be very true. Good, bad, hard, gut-wrenching, whatever. Knowing that you are pursuing something of value and that is bigger than yourself gives you the inner strength to keep steady when things are tough. Okay, so that's number three. Believe in something bigger than yourself. The fourth tip to having emotional resilience is to believe that life is happening for you and not to you. This thought essentially means that no matter what happens, the good and the bad, all of it is working toward your good. I have heard this principle a lot, but it really hit me when it came from the work of Sean Stevenson. Talk about someone who was able to overcome adversity in his life with grace and dignity. And if you don't know who Sean Stevenson is, I highly recommend, I'll I'll actually put um, a link in the show notes where you can go and do some research on him and his work. It's worth taking a look at his message and his approach to life because it's just so powerful. And you'll laugh, you'll be inspired. He was just a really awesome individual. So every single experience that we have in our life can be a source of growth and learning if we let it. And if you look at the hard things that happen in life as something that will propel your growth and teach you things that you would not be able to learn in any other way, then instead of being crippled by obstacles and challenges, you can ride the waves of those challenges and emerge that much better. And in fact, you might embrace those challenges. We as humans love to avoid pain. But how many of us got out of bed and purposely put ourselves in pain at the gym this morning? Probably a lot. For some reason, we are willing to experience pain when it is going to bring an outcome that we desire. And that's the same with our challenges. If we view that as this is going to be the thing, the one thing that I need to learn or to grow from, 
how much does that change our outlook when things get hard? So I have four beautiful kids. And without fail, the last couple of weeks of pregnancy were just not my favorite. You're uncomfortable. You're tired. You're excited to meet this little baby. Anyway, so getting to that last week, I would do a lot of things to bring on labor. Like I would go running. I would go on long walks, like with one foot in the gutter and the other on the sidewalk. Don't ask me about that. That's just some of the dumb things that you read on the internet. Anyway, I'm sure there are others. But the point is that I would purposely put myself through pain to bring on more intense pain, right? The pain of labor. So why would I do that? Because I knew that that pain and the subsequent labor pain that I would experience would be the catalyst to bringing what about what I really wanted, which was to hold this sweet baby in my arms. And that's my point. When we view the hard things in our life as a means whereby we get to experience something beautiful, we are able to travel through the difficult gracefully and without resistance. And we are able to see the things of challenge in our life as a growth opportunity. And I think that that can be super powerful when it comes to having emotional resilience. Okay, so those are the four tips that I have for you today to help you build emotional resilience. If you also want more work at this, you're welcome to join our March Madness group next year and get eaten alive. <laughs> so that that's pretty effective too. Okay, so uh, let's just recap. Number one, build relationships. Number two, act with integrity. Number three, believe in a higher power. And number four, believe that life happens for you and not to you. I would love to hear the tips that have helped you. So please reach out to me and share what's working. Next week, I am so excited. We'll have an amazing guest on and you won't want to miss that. But before I sign off, I want to share something exciting happening in a couple weeks. In the middle of April, Encircle and Accelerate will be teaming up for a webinar that will tackle the challenges of creating workflows. So if you ever struggle getting proper documentation consistently from the field to the office and then from the office to billing, then this workshop's for you. If you are someone who has trouble when you're bringing on new water or field technicians and you're spending so much time trying to train them to do the things the way that you want them done, then this webinar is for you. So it's going to cover a lot of different things and you're not just going to hear from us. You're going to hear from other contractors in the industry. It's going to be really awesome. It will be so worth your time. So there will be a link to register in the show notes. I'll be talking about it for the next couple of weeks. Really seriously sign up. It will be so great. So that's a wrap for us today. Here's hoping your March Madness bracket is doing much better than mine. But if not, then hopefully you have some tips today to put to work to deal with that heartbreak. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening as we restore your power to succeed.